Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to More Than Amused Podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hello everyone, welcome back to another week with More Than Amused. I'm Sadie. And I'm Stani, and thank you guys for being here. It's just really exciting to be back here again. It's like my favorite day of the week. I know. It's like my weekly call with Stani mm-hmm. where we get to talk about everything, get all caught up. It's great. I love yep. it. <laughs> and I love that it's like topics you can't really bring up a normal conversation all the time. True. Like there's not always like a great transition yeah. into some forgotten woman artist from history. <laughs> exactly. Or like a weird facet of like feminism or something within the arts. Like you can't really like just bring that up casually. <laughs> I know. But... It does make me feel very prepared that if anyone ever did, I would be like, oh, I researched that in depth. <laughs> like, in fact, I have a Google Doc that I can reference yes. and a recorded episode <laughs> if you want to know my further thoughts. Let me send you the links. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope it does the same for all the listeners. Um, I think it's just yes. fun. Like, I don't know, learn about cool new things and people and I don't know, make you a more interesting person. True. And also, if you are ever in a situation where someone is telling you that sexism does not exist in the arts, there you go. You have about almost 40 worth of episodes that you can send people full of stories. So you're welcome. We're just we're just giving you all this ammo ready to go. (laughs) Yeah, we are. And it's researched. We have got links, documents, examples. There you go, people. We have a book list for more further readings on Mm -hmm. Amazon. We've got it. We've got you covered. If you ever need to write like a senior thesis on sexism within the arts, we've got every single facet for you. We really do. We're really selling ourselves this time. (laughs) Wow, we're amazing. (laughs) Okay, well, this episode's fun Mm -hmm. because we are talking about movie tropes. Yes. Which... These are fun. There's They're so many. They're so fun. And there's so many of them, which makes sense because, like, film has been around for a really long time. Yeah. And if we know anything about um, movies, that they love to put people in stereotypes and boxes. Yes. Um, and then those get translated into other movies, and then they become ongoing tropes uh-huh. forever. <laughs> Do you feel like there was any particular movie trope or, like, character that, like, resonated with you as, like, a young person? Um, yeah. I think probably different time periods of my life I felt a little bit more with one than the other or whatever. Mm-hmm. I will say, like, we're going to talk about it in this episode. The weird girl. Oh, yeah. Um, but specifically, like, the space cadet one, um, which is its own little sub-trope. Um, Kind of like Phoebe from Friends, Luna Lovegood Mm. from Harry Potter. I wasn't actually her, but I wanted to be so badly. Yeah. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> like, I think yeah. I agree. Like, I wanted to be the quirky, weird girl. Also, was kind of like chasing this like manic pixie dream girl of like mm-hmm. being so interesting. And maybe some things I did were forced in an attempt to be that way. But yeah. I don't know. <laughs> now, I remember the first time I heard about a manic pixie dream girl, I was actually really fascinated by it. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, I would love to be described in that way. Because yeah. it sounds so pretty, you know, like a manic pixie dream girl. Like she's quirky and different. She's not like other girls. And she's like the perfect stereotype of a male fantasy, which when you're yeah. a teenage girl, like that's kind of All what you want to be. All I wanted was to achieve male fantasy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think probably every girl goes through this um, and probably boys in some extent, too. There's a lot of male tropes. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think there's as many, but I could be wrong. There might be. It is interesting how like how many tropes are. And like while like today we're obviously focusing a whole lot on gender, like even like racially, Mm -hmm. um, there's so many racial tropes. Yeah. Um, Which just like makes caricatures of people. And also too, like within relationships. Yeah. Like I think my biggest Mm -hmm. thing was, so you know the movie The Notebook, which is a great movie well I hate that movie actually now (laughs) because like pictures 16 year old Sadie like watching that movie for the first time holding this stuffed animal and sobbing because oh my like it's like when you see those kind of movies and like you know their love was like very toxic Mm -hmm. and it's it romanticizes it and I was like wow Maybe this person is my soulmate. And it's like, no, no, you shouldn't be fighting that often. (laughs) Yeah. Like this isn't an example, which we're not going to talk a lot about relationships. I don't think we're going to talk about like the relationship stereotypes or the male, Mm -hmm. the woman. We could. We could. That could be a whole (laughs) other episode, like the dynamic of men and women in these Uh movies. But I think that's like the one that was like very lasting for me and then once I was like in my early 20s I was like which I I guess I still am in my early 20s but you know once I grew up a little bit I was like wait a minute I never I do not want to have a relationship (laughs) like that like what an experience (laughs) no definitely I I also feel like I've seen like kind of a resurgence of tropes and like people Mm. really loving on them in like the TikTok trend, you know that I'm not the main character. I'm the oh yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. First off, I just want to say like you are not a trope. You're a multifaceted person who can change throughout your life. You don't have to be an example of like a fantasy person or like a certain stereotype um, or myth. Like no one is. Yes. Um, and actually, I feel like a lot of harm is caused by women perpetuating tropes. Yeah, Um, which I'll talk about a lot in the cool girl trope, because that Mm -hmm. one's really messed up and has actually messed up part of our society. Yeah. So, yeah, don't romanticize being a stereotype. You can be whoever you want. (laughs) And also, I feel like we'll talk about this, too. As we were doing research for all these tropes, what I thought was so interesting was that a lot of the movie examples for these were like chick flicks. Or mm-hmm. movies that are created for women. Yeah. And I'm like, so it's so interesting that in movies that are created for women, that these women's stereotypes, and it's not just like only like the cool, super cool, amazing, like tough girls. It's like the weird girls, the 
sidekick best the friend super who, feminine girls uh-huh the dumb blondes like mm-hmm. it, they're all in movies that are supposed to be for women and it's like so interesting that like growing up we were like okay with like yeah. accepting that and that it's like almost like like you said like women are kind of sometimes are pushing these stereotypes on i don't know it's just yeah. weird no definitely i think the more and more i like learn about a lot of feminism the more i realize that men aren't always the biggest problem with yeah um because collectively as a whole if we as all women could agree on the ideas of feminism and that women are equal and the standards that should be upheld like men wouldn't stand a chance fighting against that Mm -hmm. um women could so very easily topple the system (laughs) if we were unified um it's the issue that everyone has different ideas on things based on how they were raised or everything else. And so I think a lot of the times women perpetuate it yeah. further onto other women. Or, uh, yeah, it's just like the internalized misogyny of it all, right? And I feel like, like kind of like we were talking about, like with as teenagers, we wanted to be that manic pixie dream girl. Like, yeah. because the last thing I wanted to be was like other girls. Like, exactly. I thought if I was like other girls, I was less than. And all I wanted was to get the approval of men, which totally resulted in me being, you know, like not wanting to be friends with girls as a teenager. I know. Being not, I don't know. It's just like really crazy how much, much like of that internalized misogyny is like perpetuated by just other women and that other men sometimes aren't as big of pushers for that. You know, I mean, obviously it is men too, but I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Well, should we dive into these tropes now yes um first off i'm gonna give a little note there are tons of tropes so many (laughs) that we couldn't dive into all of them um when we originally started out doing the research and think about how many there were and so i just started at the top of the list which i'm sure you did too and just kind of went through (laughs) them so like we mentioned there's a lot of racist stereotypes um that we probably won't dive into that much Um, I wanted to bring up specifically like the spicy Latina, the strong black woman or the model minority. Yeah. There's less tropes for people of color because people of color aren't represented as much. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that means that it's more harmful because it gives them less. Because whenever they and also like whenever they are seen, they're only seen as one thing. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, oh, they're the, you know, the one black character who fits this one trope. Because who's that's like all we've got. Sassy black woman who's there to like give advice or funny commentary exactly. on the side, or like the old, like give advice to the main character. Yes, just to bring that up, like a lot of the tropes we cover, I think are all predominantly for like white women. Yeah, and that was not on purpose. That was just like from the most popular tropes. But I wanted to mention that the racist ones are way more harmful than any of these others will be like it's way worse to be only seen as like one type of person than to like sometimes be referred to as a dumb blonde so yeah like i said i feel like a lot of these like movie tropes (laughs) while like they come from sexist ideas like yeah like really what's the harm in like the occasional dumb blonde joke you know (laughs) like it's Mm -hmm. while like i think we need to check the messaging we're giving the young girls at the end of the day like I don't think it's harmful and I don't think yeah. that can be weaponized yeah and it's been challenged a lot yes. more like all these other tropes have been challenged a lot and that's something we can talk about a lot too on like how they have changed over time yeah. 
But a lot of those racist stereotypes are still there and they haven't been able to evolve as much. So, mm-hmm. Or like they're just like more recently you're finally seeing like yes. push back on that more major. Exactly. So just that note there. And I wish we had had enough time to dive into all of those as well. Time is just limited. So that's the note at the beginning. Disclaimer that we are not perfect in our intersectionalism right here. <laughs> but we're trying. <laughs> so you want to start with the yes. cool girl trope. The cool girl. I would say it's probably the most interesting one to me yeah. out of all of the tropes. Because I feel like she like hid for a really long time before anyone called her out. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, the other ones, I feel like people were more aware of it. I think this one kind of, like, hid under the scenes for a long time. So, the cool girl was finally, like, solidified as a trope in the movie Gone Girl, um, which I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either yet. Yeah, but it came out in 2014, and basically, it's actually a thriller, which is really funny to me, um, but it's based on a novel um, by Gillian Flynn. It's this idea that this wife of this guy had pretended to be the cool girl for so long that she basically, like, drove herself to the point of insanity and kind of let this guy, like, stomp all over her, do whatever he wanted, and just continued to play this role in his life. Um, I'll read part of the monologue from the movie. It's actually really, really interesting. So here's part of the monologue. So men always say that as the defining compliment, don't they? She's a cool girl. Being the cool girl means I am hot, brilliant, funny woman who adores football, poker, dirty jokes, and burping, who plays video games, drinks cheap beer, loves threesomes and anal sex, and jams hot dogs and hamburgers into her mouth like she's hosting the world's biggest culinary gangbang while somehow maintaining a size two. Because above all else, cool girls are hot. Hot and understanding. Cool girls never get angry. They only smile in a church chagrined loving manner and let their men do whatever they want go ahead s word on me i don't mind i'm the cool girl so it's kind of all of those it's basically the epitome of not like other girls yeah (laughs) like really it's a girl who loves sports and cars and junk food and she's just super effortlessly hot and skinny no matter what she eats she's one of the guys She's Mm -hmm. raunchy, uninhibited, chill, never angry. And the harmful parts behind it is that no one is this girl. (laughs) Like, even if you are interested in cars and sports and things like that, which women totally can be, you usually don't fulfill this, like, male fantasy in the way that the cool girl does. And it's because it's a myth basically created by men and perpetuated by women. It's the male fantasy. Yeah. She looks exactly how he wants her to, but he acts she acts like she's one of the guys. Mm-hmm. So it's like a supermodel who's actually a guy in disguise. Well, <laughs> I feel like so much of it is like it's also like the chill girl, right? The cool girl, mm-hmm. the chill girl where it's like it allows women to be mistreated and it allows the man to do whatever sh- they want, you know, yeah. like be disloyal do this because she wants to be cool she wants to be chill she doesn't want to be viewed as high maintenance Mm -hmm. or doesn't want to be viewed as needy like that's the last thing you would want a man to think of you as and so you like no I'm just go with the flow easy going when it's like no you're just giving men or like it gives men permission the stereotype to mistreat you Mm -hmm. and they said the hardest part with it is that it actually like 
it doesn't challenge misogyny in any way, even though women aren't fulfilling the traditional like female roles of like female stereotypes in Mm -hmm. this. It's actually treating her as an exception. So it's like, oh, well, misogyny exists, but not for me because I'm one of the guys. And that's the problem is that it like completely dances around the idea of feminism and like ignores it. And that's not healthy. Also, like who decided that feminine things were uncool? I know. You know, like why can't someone be hyper feminine and also be very cool? You know, exactly. Yeah. And it's got a lot of criticism because they said it shows a lot of, like, maybe some, like, homophobic tendencies with guys. That, Mm -hmm. like, they're attracted to men who have hot female bodies. Basically, (laughs) the idea behind the cool girl. Because they want another one of the guys who just looks like a girl. And it's just, like, this weird idea of, like, men wanting men, kind of. (laughs) But, like who are hot so there's a lot of criticism for that it also like really pits women against each other one of my favorite chick flicks is actually how to lose a guy in 10 days but it is the epitome of this stereotype though Uh um where she's like the cool girl and then she does all of the girly girl things in order to drive this guy away and he ends up falling in love with her anyway because she's so cool yeah (laughs) It's just the epitome of that stereotype. And I still love that movie. And it's yeah, a great I was gonna movie. Yeah, I going to say, and it's a shame because that's such a good movie. <laughs> I love that one. But it shows like she really is the epitome of a cool girl. She loves mm-hmm. junk food and poker and basketball and like isn't the clingy girly girl. She's the cool girl. So, yeah, that's kind of the epitome of it. It also happens in real life all the time. Um, it mentioned the 2013 Oscars where Jennifer Lawrence and Anne Hathaway were both awarded. And -hmm. Jennifer Lawrence, like, tripped up the stairs, like, said something about how, oh, sorry, I took a shot right before this, and, like, stumbled over her words, Um, talked about how she had just eaten, like, a Philly cheesesteak, like, a bunch of other stuff. I think she even, like, burped in an interview or whatever. Whereas Anne Hathaway went up and kind of had the traditional, like, female appearance and she was kind of like oh my gosh like it finally came true and was just like so happy and she was delicate and feminine and composed and a lot of people got mad at Anne Hathaway for being so composed and said that it was fake and they were like laughing at Jennifer Lawrence and saying she was so relatable and real and (laughs) one of the issues with that is that both of them are fulfilling like a female role but one's considered better than the other because she's cool. Yeah. And it's, when it's like, like, if no. that's just genuinely who they are, like, let's just let them be who they are. Yeah. And realize that, yeah, Anne Hathaway is not uncool because that's just how she is. <laughs> yep. And um, Jennifer Lawrence has actually been criticized a lot for, like, playing up the stereotype of being, like, a yeah. cool girl. And um, it's actually been interesting, like, the older she's gotten, I think it's, like, diminished a lot and she's grown out of it mm-hmm. because um, the movie Gone Girl even, like, emphasizes the fact that the cool girl isn't something you can maintain. You can't literally, like, let everyone stomp all over you and be completely fine with it your entire life without any, like, repercussions. Yeah. Like, it'll either lead to, like, you completely breaking down and having, like, a mental breakdown or, like... I don't know, like a whole other mental health issues, like all sorts of stuff. Like no one is able to do that. It's not sustainable. It doesn't work like that. Like Mm -hmm. nobody can function that way. 
I, um, I feel like I particularly resonate with this one because I think growing up and even like I'm not I think still like there's a part of me who is like I will be good enough once I'm cool and I've always mm-hmm. like viewed myself as like perpetually uncool <laughs> like that's like something I'm very insecure about is that I'm not cool and there's been so many times like my husband Jordan he's like but Sadie what does cool mean like what are yeah. you deciding that cool is and I think like growing up like I mentioned like I just wanted to be chill. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be easygoing. I wanted people to view me as that. And so now I'm like very out of practice, even for just like standing up for myself. Because like for so long, I just wanted to be chill. I just wanted to be cool. I just wanted to be go with the flow. But like there are instances where I should not have been. And it's, yeah, you're right. Like it's just not sustainable to like live that way and to like allow yourself to be treated that way too. Yeah, definitely. Like there's a difference between being like an easygoing person and being a doormat. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the difference with the cool girls. Like, you can't let your significant other get away with anything. Like, a relationship you doesn't just work want to like be that. cool. Yeah. yeah. So, there's a ton of cool girls, obviously, in film. It happens a lot in like action films, but it does happen in chick flicks as well. Um, there's a movie called There's Something About Mary um, that apparently is like a huge epitome of the cool girl as well. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, like I brought up with Andy. Donna in that 70s show. Robin from How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah. Kate from the movie Lost. Um, Megan Fox in Transformers. Her character, Michaela, is like the epitome of that. And even Black Widow in Avengers. Um, This was an interesting thing. So one of the things about the cool girl is that it only works if she's comforting and not challenging so she doesn't surpass the men in their talents Mm -hmm. and um one of the things about black widow is that she never outshines any of the other avengers but captain marvel got a ton of backlash for being too strong to this to that after her movie came out because she outshined a lot of the other characters Mm -hmm. um so that kind of shows the cool girl in action of like oh you're allowed to be cool as long as you don't outshine the men the men yeah and then this one was also super interesting so miss congeniality have you seen oh that? yeah um long time I, it's been a long time <laughs> since i've seen it but yeah i've seen it so one of the cool things about this one is that it shows that the cool girl isn't considered cool until she's hot um mm. and that that's like really the defining characteristic of a cool girl is that they're um, also hot yeah because sandra bullock in the film like she likes to go to bars she eats junk food she's super physically fit and like into all the things that the guys are into but -hmm. until she's hot she's not like the cool girl not considered a good thing yeah she's not attractive nothing like that she's like not the cool girl until she has her makeover and then all of a sudden these guys are like falling over their face to get (laughs) to her because then she's so desirable so yeah that's the cool girl it's a very interesting stereotype. There's way more into it. And I think there's so many facets of this stereotype too. Totally. It's really interesting. The next one is the blonde. And I put the blank blonde because yeah, there's multiple. <laughs> yeah. I started out with the dumb blonde. And then there's literally so many different kinds of blondes in film. Film. Yeah. yeah. So obviously when you think of a blonde in film, the first movie that probably comes to your mind is Legally Blonde. Mm-hmm. Which is actually really good because it helps bring to light a lot of the blonde stereotypes and like the cultural origins of blonde stereotypes. So that's like a really great film that if you're trying to determine. Like Ms. L. Woods, her femininity, that's such a weird word to say, 
Mm-hmm. Like that was her superpower in the end. And I just love that movie. Oh, yeah. No, it's good. It challenges so many of these stereotypes and it's amazing. So the idea of the blonde trope is that basically it turns the blonde female into an object and like basically like sexualizes them like just mm-hmm. inherently. Um, they said it's like even a historical issue. Um, prostitutes were often blonde in ancient Rome. Like that was a sign. That's what they would do in order to like signal who they were. Mm-hmm. And even throughout history and like paintings, Eve was painted as blonde because she was like the temptress, you know, who tempted Ooh. Adam. Whereas the Virgin Mary's always been painted as a brunette. Which shows, like, the rival of the blonde versus brunette trope, which is a whole other thing we could dive into. Yeah, um, But it's real. basically, like, the Marilyn Monroe versus the Jackie Kennedy, you know? Or, like, Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Yes. Which is even seen in Legally Blonde, where you have, like, the Marilyn-type yeah. character versus, like, the Jackie-type character. Or um, Gossip Girl, Blair versus Serena, or Riverdale, Betty versus mm-hmm. Veronica. Um, the good thing is, is that a lot of these more modern takes help unify the duo in the end. Yeah. <laughs> but like Legally usually, Blonde, they end up both yes. meeting the guy and becoming best friends, which is just Definitely. a great ending of that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but usually this like fight between the blonde and brunette is over a man or some sort of status. Um, it usually also helps... Um, continue the false narrative of like beauty and brains like you can't be pretty and smart it's like the brunette's usually the The smart smart one one, and the blonde is the pretty one and you can only have one of those um like pretty and smart yeah that's just not possible but yeah it also like pigeonholes and limits women into one avenue of accomplishments and that's what the blonde is seen to do a lot it's like oh well you're blonde you're pretty like that's your superpower yeah like, there's your contribution to society. And that's one of the things about Legally Blonde that's so great is the fact that it challenges that so completely. Yeah. And shows, like, oh, she is pretty, but she's also really, really smart. <laughs> like, yeah. That's how it works. Um, so there's a couple of, like, subcategories of blondes. You have, like, the ice-cold blonde or the cool blonde. Um, this is actually, they said it's seen a lot in, like, Alfred Hitchcock films. So it's like they're hiding something. They're not to be trusted. They're a little mm. aloof and dangerous. But I think that I'll. You know, and it of... makes me think of like you know the movie The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her name, but the girl who like calls Mister Incredibles, who's like icy blonde, who is like brings him on his missions and things like that. Oh yeah, I don't remember her name, but anyway, I don't either. That's what yeah. I could think of. Mm-hmm. That's them. And it also, I think, it borders into like the femme fatale area oh yeah um which i don't think we talk about but it is another trope uh the next one is like the blonde bombshell which is super common it's explosive sexuality but usually at a price so it's like oh like she's the lesson that the guy has to learn somehow or something yeah um raw inhuman creature prize to be bought pure unrivaled sex appeal that's not uncomplicated by many thoughts She's not considered a dumb blonde per se, but they're usually not seen as like the genius. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like the dumb blonde is usually a little bit more ditzy. Um, still has like that over-sexualized, but a lot of it's more exaggerated denseness and it's cultivated to appeal to men. So Marilyn Monroe is like the epitome of this. 
mm-hmm. it's actually sad because most women who play dumb blondes are actually really, really smart. Like Marilyn Monroe was actually really clever. And Paris Hilton played a dumb blonde character um, for a really long time, even in her own life. And she's actually not an idiot. She's really clever. <laughs> but she played this trope. And um, most of the time, it's like a marketing decision. They're trying yeah. to appeal to a certain audience. I think Marilyn Monroe even has a line in a movie she's in um, where she talks about the fact that she can be smart when she needs to, but men don't usually like that. And I feel like that's the epitome of a dumb blonde. Also, more modernly in like the 80s, 90s, especially in Legally Blonde, the Valley Girl was often seen as like the dumb blonde. Yes. Um, Girls who only liked to go shopping and get their nails done and do their hair and everything and like who were superficial. Um, also, like, Cher from Clueless is oh, often yeah. referred to as the dumb blonde. However, that movie was also able to challenge the dumb blonde stereotype. So it's been challenged a lot, which is really, really good. But it was around for a very long time. Some of the ways it's been challenged is, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Vampire Slayer. Um, also, this one's really funny. If you've seen Arrested Development, the character that Charlize Theron plays, like the mentally handicapped female Okay. Um, (laughs) This is like the perfect example of like how (laughs) they made fun of the dumb blonde trope because she's mentally handicapped, but no one notices because they just assume that her simple mind is a part of her blonde charm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was kind of a funny way that they played at that. Um, Parks and Rec with like Leslie Nope, Cher from Clueless. But, however, it still exists. It's still there. We've got the Karen from Mean Girls, Marilyn Monroe, Frenchie in Greece. Like, the dumb blonde will continue to be a trope in media for a really long time. (laughs) Totally. I mean, yeah. I mean, even just, like, with the silly dumb blonde jokes that we would hear, like, at school. Like, it's still there. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's died down a lot, which is really good. Yeah. But I feel like when someone says dumb blonde, like everyone's always going to know exactly what they're referring to. Like I said, it's like one of those things where it's like, is it really like harming or is it like weaponizing? No. But like, Mm. and like, obviously we all know women can be blonde and smart, but like it is still perpetuated in media a little (laughs) bit. So no, I'm just got it forever. Yeah. It's been challenged so many times now that I feel like we're at the point where it's not as harmful because there's so many counter examples of it. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the things I love about the blonde tropes is that they're not as common anymore. Like the valley girl, ditzy, blonde, like that's been challenged like enough Mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah. We love early 2000s (laughs) (laughs) rom-coms. Okay, well, this trope is one we're pretty familiar with. This is the working woman. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of two facets of it. So it's either that it's like she's like the evil, cold-hearted working woman, right? Who's almost like the boss, like a devil's first product, right? Or it's the one more like the protagonist of the movie. She's pursuing her career or pursuing her working woman and then it she sacrifices her career which I mean sacrifices her relationships and in the end learns that the relationships are the most important thing Mm. which like yeah I think family is important to prioritize and like I think personal relationships are great but I mean it's like you know with like it makes the point that there's not really that many movies about men who can't balance work and home life you know yeah and if, yeah, no one ever makes a movie about a guy at the end where he realizes he doesn't need a job. And he should just, yeah. 
or like doesn't take a promotion or I don't yeah. know I mean I guess there's a couple like I'm trying to think of maybe like there's movies where like the dad is like absent from the home and then he comes home but I feel like it's always like yeah. in the extremes where they're like completely absent and then come home whereas it's like the woman is just like life's a little bit more chaotic now and it's like and I don't want it to be you know what yeah I mean? no I get that and it's more of like those ones are more of like a father kind of thing than yeah. like a the romantic partner. interest that's a good point mm-hmm. so yes there's the working woman um this is kind of like a, a good um quote that I liked from it um, from an article it said other than understanding the demands of her work life the man in the picture is unable to accept her responsibilities he either gives her an ultimatum me or the job or undermines their relationship by cheating or wanting a divorce why does she have to pick both work and relationships are more are important to her yet she has to choose because the man is seemingly uncomfortable with her success and hmm. i mean i feel like this is such like a important thing to like recognize like is just a trope because I mean, the truth is, like, what is work-life balance? Like, that's something that we constantly, everyone is trying to figure out, you know? Like, it's not yeah. something that's just for women. And then to say that because there's not perfect balance means that you have to not be a working person or a working mm-hmm. woman. Like, what? No. Like, that's not really a thing. Yeah. Do you listen? Sorry. Oh, sorry do you listen on? to the bad broadcast? I do. I was okay. literally just going to reference yeah. that. <laughs> No, um, for those of you who don't, you should definitely check it out. Uh, Maddie Murphy is another fellow Utah podcaster. But her episode yesterday with Post Accessories, the yeah. owner, CEO of Post, and how she talked about how a work-life balance doesn't exist. It's a myth. Yeah. Nobody has it. We're all just trying. Like, sometimes your work gets more. Sometimes your life gets more. Like, that's mm-hmm. the balance. You can't have a 50-50 split in anything. Yeah. And to, like, ex- I think women especially feel so much pressure to to find that because it's like you know like for so long stay-at-home mom was like the priority and then now so many you know women are working now that it's like how do I do both and it's like no one knows how to do it we're just figuring it out and sometimes you know certain aspects of your life you sacrifice and then you figure it out as you go (laughs) like you don't Mm -hmm. have to do one or the other perfectly you can both do both messy and have be still be a success I think no definitely I agree and then of course some examples of that is the like I mentioned the devil wears Prada that's like the classic example I think of this Um, I feel like both of the characters in that one exactly yeah Yeah, it's like where like there's like the boss in charge who's like the stone and hard cold like evil boss right who's like bossy and everyone hates her then there's the one who her work becomes a problem in her relationships so yeah because he's not willing to let her work hard for her job mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't in the end she like end up being with him i think she leaves him doesn't she oh that's good i don't I know it's been a long so. time since i've seen this movie yeah same i don't think she stays with him i well, think she just decides she doesn't care enough about the job to stay we can respect that. Respect boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, you don't have to, like, work your butt off for a job you hate. That doesn't really help either. That's kind of, like, the thing. It's, like, this, like, weird, like, don't sacrifice your relationships for your job. But, like, also, if you're working that hard and you hate it, don't sacrifice your life for your job. Like, there, the thing with, like, these tropes is, like, there's some truth to it. Like, there is absolutely truth to the trope that, like, you, if you are sacrificing so much that other aspects of your life are, like, not healthy and you're not able to maintain it like yeah you get to reevaluate and like figure out 
what you really want and what's important to you. But at the same time, like to the way that it's so heavily put on women and the way that like, it's like saying like, Oh, and it's okay if your partner like to do it for a romantic interest, yep. it's like, eh, eh, no, <laughs> I don't like it. No. Plus I think like in real relationships, there's just compromise, like constant. Yeah, you figure it out. Like, if one of you wants to do something, you don't immediately diminish that. You're like, no, you can't. You know? (laughs) Like, you find a way to make it work. And sometimes that means, like, putting someone's dreams on the back burner while the other person does. And sometimes that's the opposite. Like, that's how it should work. So Exactly. And it's, like, that constant give and take for Mm -hmm. what to make sense within, like, a partnership. Another example of this I just thought about is leap year. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where she, like, goes on the journey. She's the working woman. And then at the end, doesn't she just end up moving to Ireland with him? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Once again, super cute movie. Doesn't diminish the fact that it's really good. But, yeah, I think she does give up everything and move to Ireland for him. I mean, like, in a way, like, I get it. Like, there's something kind of romantic about that. Yeah. But also, like, why? <laughs> yeah. The idea that, like, you can sacrifice everything for a relationship. And for true love. Like, of course, like, we're all attracted to that. But, like, I don't know. Let's be practical people. Well, it sounds really nice, doesn't it, in theory? Well, okay, I shouldn't say that. I'm not saying, like, be practical. But I don't know. Part of it's it's yeah i think thing. it's just a balance don't mind us like figuring it out in life and i know be like, as i well, sit here and analyze what i think of my own romanticism <laughs> i know me too i'm like why was i so like against the idea of dropping everything to move to ireland for the love of your life and i was like man like i guess i would do that for jordan <laughs> but why am i mocking it in this instance <laughs> yeah well the weird part about that movie is that i'm looking back on it is the focus was on his dreams like her whole focus was getting to her fiance to propose so she could have the apartment and the job and the fiance that she always wanted and his was like he wanted to open like save his bar and like open a restaurant and stuff um and at the end of it she realizes that she doesn't want her dreams but there's like no focus on like okay what are you gonna do when you move to ireland are you gonna keep Mm -hmm. your job like is there another like sub passion of your life that you're now going to pursue because you're with this man or is she just going to like go be with him and help him run the restaurant i don't know interesting yeah i guess maybe they figured it out after but (laughs) we'll hope that in the unscreened sequel (laughs) that she was able to fulfill her passions (laughs) we're gonna take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists okay guys we're gonna do something a little different today And we're going to spotlight a few podcasts um, by women that we have been listening to and enjoying. Um, Yeah. So you can check those out. Let me just go through. I'm like looking through my recently played. I've truthfully been listening to a ton of Be There in Five. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good one. I love Be There in Five. That's been like a more recent obsession that mm-hmm. um, I love. This is probably a basic one. I love what we said. Look forward to that oh one Oh my Tuesday. gosh, we both <laughs> do. Love what we said. I've listened to every podcast. Uh-huh. I also follow JC and Chelsea on every social media platform <laughs> Me too. that they have. <laughs> so if you aren't listening to that, go, sh- um, go check it out. Here's one. So this one isn't by a woman but it's about dolly parton Ooh. dolly parton's america is super good it's just like 
a one season like you know show mm-hmm. it's about like 10 episodes long or 11 i don't know i love awesome. this podcast it's my favorite would oh, recommend you learn so much about dolly parton and what's not to love about dolly parton um do you listen to the morning toast i don't I love the morning toast. So Ooh, it's basically up the morning toast, a daily news podcast. It comes out every day that they can. They have some off days, but it's usually Monday through Friday every day. Um, it's two sisters and they talk about things that are going on. Um, it's they call it the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And yes, oh, I know that by, I've memorized it because they say it every single day. Um, Love it. But it's fun because it's like the happy news. You know what I mean? They don't really cover yeah. a lot of like the so-and-so declared war and politics and stuff like that. Um, it's more of the stuff I care about, which sounds horrible. but No, I get it. Truth. I mean, it's, it's, I feel like there's nothing wrong with wanting to start your day <laughs> off knowing about the happy things going on in the world. Yep. I think that's fair. So love that. There's also another one that I've heard about, but I haven't listened to yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm just going to say it anyway. Uh, there is, it's called Bias Bender, and it's by Kayla Stokes, and she's actually um, exploring the lives and stories of black women. So kind of like our podcast, but p- specifically black women in any, any industry. What is that called again? Bias Bender. Aha, Bias Bender. There we go. I just subscribed. Um, there's What's Her Name. I know. I think oh, we call yeah. Them. What's Her Name is cool. Um, they talk about a bunch of different women from history. There's also Art Pop Talk. Mm-hmm. They are a recent follower. They're apparently a sister duo for a weekly art pop talk. Talk about oh. art history and pop culture, which is awesome. Upcoming is the Film Fatales podcast. I know they haven't launched Ooh, yeah. yet, but that's very fitting for this episode if you want to learn oh, yeah, more about true. women in film. Yeah, I love that. Also, in this episode, we mentioned the Bad Broadcast, which oh, we're yeah. both... We definitely should mention yes. her again. I love Avid that. It's listeners. so good. Oh, also, I, I don't know if I remember I talked about this, but the Ringer Dish, they do a series of like every album ever for oh, yeah, you talked about this. Taylor Swift. Taylor yeah, Swift, if you haven't yeah. listened to that one, I do it. I love it. So there's some podcasts I've been loving. Yeah, same. And there's this really great one called More Than a Muse. Oh, you might have heard of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Now back to the show. Okay, well, moving on here, we're the, we got the mean girl. Oh, yeah, the mean girl, which is another one that ended up with a whole movie that I mean, challenges this I love this the trope. movie mean, mean Girls, so. Oh, yeah. Now, this one is very interesting. Um, I feel like I learned so much from this. Um, oh, I should have told everyone at the beginning. There is a YouTube channel called The Take. Yeah. I will link it. Because they have an entire playlist on TV and movie tropes. And that's where got a ton of information. It's amazing. They go into a lot of stuff. They show clips. They have examples. It's awesome. So I will link that in the show notes for all of you. So the mean girl. She's confident and capable, but she takes everything to the extreme. Manipulates for personal entertainment. Is glamorously charismatic. So people who hate them still want them to like you. Like you. You hate them, but you still want them to be your friend because something about them just makes you want to be liked by them. Yeah. Um, they have a realistic but cynical understanding of the world, mm. are usually miserable with the social hierarchy, but instead of overcoming it, they choose to perpetuate it and rise to the top. 
So kind of setting up their own government. Yeah. Um, and usually in every show, there's the fall of the mean girl, and it perpetuates yeah. the idea that power corrupts and eventually you fall. Um, the interesting part about it that I never really thought about is that the core identity of the mean girl is actually that she's angry. It's rage. She's mm. a misunderstood kid who's angry with the way things are. And so she weaponizes relationships, um, uses rumors and lies as outlets because this is where the sexism comes in. Men are allowed to be aggressive in high school. Like they get into fights. They have problems. They have sports that are more aggressive as outlets. Whereas women societally aren't usually allowed to be as aggressive. So mm. they use rumors, lies, relationships, and everything as a different outlet for their aggression. So, like, it's really just, like, female rage. Yeah. It's just them perpetuating, like, their angry teenager selves. I mean, fair. Yeah. <laughs> because men are allowed to have an outlet for it, and women aren't. They said the counterpart is usually, like, the jock bully, like, the mean football player. Uh, yes. But mm -hmm. something that's actually interesting about that is that while that trope of a jock bully is usually like an idiot like he's usually really dumb and dull the oh, mean yeah. girl is like strikingly clever and smart like, like in she's every so film schemy yeah yeah so it's interesting that like the counterparts of the two are very different also another idea behind it is that girls are bored so like the burn book oh, you can't yeah. tell me that was out of anything other than boredom yeah <laughs> like, totally <laughs> They're bored, so they bully for entertainment. And it's also a criticism on the fact that there's not enough outlets for women in society. Like, mm -hmm. it's showing that there's apparently not good enough outlets for women to express their anger or their boredom or their aggression. And that's one of the things that Mean Girls shows really well is at the end, like, Regina is able to channel her aggression into lacrosse. And she's actually really yeah. talented at it. Uh -huh. And it shows that, like, yeah, like, the Mean Girl is usually just really angry. And she doesn't have a way to channel that. express that yeah a part of the trope is usually it's a beautiful popular girl who has everything and somehow hates the normal basic girl for no reason or some mm -hmm. reason that doesn't really make sense and I think part of that goes into um, the fact that they hate the social hierarchy so anyone who challenges it they're against them automatically even though they're at the top yeah um, mean girls also like know that the system could fall at any time and that's why they're so manipulative um, because they're really realistic. Yeah. Yeah. They know that they're not untouchable. Even though they seem untouchable, they know that at any minute it could all go. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting. It also shows like the ideas that girls understand how other girls feel so they know how to harm them more. So kind of like how mm. women can be a lot harder to other women than men ever could. And it also just shows like a lot of weaponized abilities. So, like, ambition, talent, and confidence are all, like, good qualities. And in mm -hmm. men, they're usually, like, praised a ton. Even, like, aggression and competitiveness. But without the right coping mechanisms, it turns them into a mean girl because society limits them to only being pretty. So, it gave me, like, this new appreciation for, like, the mean girl where I'm like, oh, I'm never going to look at a mean girl in a movie ever like, again. Like, she just needs a <laughs> hug or a punching mm -hmm. bag <laughs> or both. Yep. And some examples are like Cheryl Blossom from Riverdale, like her screwed up family. So she kind of takes it out on everyone else. But when she's mm. able to express her aggression, she like mellows out a lot more. Okay. Um, yeah. Regina George from Mean Girls, same thing. Um, Heathers, that show. Sharpay from High School Musical. 
um pause have you seen that youtube video i think it's like film theory i don't know for sure where it's like sharpay did nothing wrong oh i believe it she didn't yeah have you seen that i'm gonna send you the link to the video if you haven't seen it it's so good please do but literally like it goes through the whole show and it's like they've built this theater department of course she would be wary of like of course she would be skeptical if they're Mm -hmm. involved in so many different hobbies that they wouldn't prioritize the musical and i'm like yeah what yeah it makes you rethink i mean that series is very beloved i love that series it raised me but definitely do anything wrong i know yeah she just wanted the lead in the school musical (laughs) and she deserved it she really did (sighs) she dedicated her life to theater she really did anyways i'm gonna send you that video after because it's awesome do we should also link it yeah we'll link it it's pretty awesome but yeah no that's the one of things about the mean girl that i feel like could even be criticized more now and i would love to see it in modern film tropes is that it's basically just girls who don't have good outlets yeah um, who are taking their aggression out on others the next one is like the awkward to hot which is pretty common so it's everywhere (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we're pretty familiar with this storyline where the awkward girl with stereotypically unattractive style finds herself or like the classic, like she has glasses on, takes off the glasses and suddenly she's hot <laughs> um, and she changes everything about herself in order to either become more popular or become more attractive to a male of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like it's like her, the male crush doesn't notice her until she does transform Yes. This is like a quote from the same article I was referencing where it says she undergoes a transformation into a version of herself that will be everything the guy wants her to be because there's just no way a movie could exist where the male lead falls in love with the female lead for who she is, which is just funny. Some examples of this one is Sandy from Greece, which like now watching that movie as an older person, it's like the whole like point of that movie was that the end sandy was gonna dress up in leather and smoke a cigarette and then danny was just gonna be like here we go (laughs) yeah i'm really confused by that movie so beloved especially by like adults who caution their children against doing anything like that i know it's really really confusing the theme of the movie is just like eh, if you want a guy to like you just wear leather and smoke a cigarette and he'll think you're hot and he will finally be into you also, for the record, like, she changes everything about herself after high school is over. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is the time where you ditch all of that stupidness and you get and be to whoever you be want. whoever you want. Why yeah. are we starting this next chapter of our lives like this, Sandy? I do not like that movie. I will say, yes. I watched it recently again. And at the very end scene, Danny he's wearing the a Letterman's clothes. jacket. Yeah. Yes. So he's willing to change himself for her as well. But then the moment he sees her, he's like, never mind. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, back to my cool guy persona because you changed for me, so I don't have have to. to. Which, you're right. I guess there's the good thing that he at least tried to. But but I still hate, yeah, yeah. that they dropped it immediately. (laughs) They're like, oh, well, Sandy's now hot and cool and sexy. So, like. Also, like, why can't you be hot, cool, and sexy and i don't know be a little bit lame too <laughs> yeah like he obviously liked her plenty before she I know. wore leather like, like you can be what? sweet and nice which granted you can also be sweet and nice and wear leather 
Yeah. But you can wear whatever you want. You Just can wear don't, whatever you don't have you to want. change. <laughs> for for a gross man like Danny Zuko, like ugh, who like left her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That show gets weirder and weirder. I watch that movie it. now. I'm like, what a what a I hate it. <laughs> I don't get it. Like I don't know what the lesson is. I don't know what the moral is. I don't even understand the story completely. Yeah, because it's, it's almost just like things just keep happening and you don't mm. know why. They just Yeah, keep and happening. then there's no really like resolution. They just all graduated and they're they're out of there. Yeah. And it's like okay the end the music's great the music's though. good i mean let's be honest that's why the movie that's why we love the movie is because the music's so great that's just weird that it's like a musical that continues to be performed over and over and over again and it's like also like the idea that that mu- musical is ever performed in high schools i'm like what i know what lessons are we perpetuating here yeah i don't really understand the lesson i never really did even as a teenager i was like it's not a very good lesson. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Other examples of this is like Josie from Never Been Kissed. Mm-hmm. Mia from The Princess Diaries is a big one. Yes, major. I love that movie, but I yes, know. the cool guy doesn't notice her until yeah. she has straight hair and is hot. That's all it takes, guys. Take off your glasses and get some straight hair. Yeah, get a blowout. You'll be you'll be set. <laughs> Any man will love you, apparently. Um, also even just like going back to like Cinderella, which like isn't quite this because obviously he didn't know her before, but you know, yeah. it's kind of like the ugly duckling rags to yeah. riches to get the man type. Trope. Agreed. It makes it seem like the most pinnacle part of your life will be a makeover. And then Yeah. Yeah. Which like fair, but no. Yeah. I mean I I feel great after a new haircut. Or I mean, once we I get all my hair done. That. Yeah. <laughs> I went actually yeah. I bought a bunch of new clothes yesterday. Which I, it's been a long time since I've spent so much on clothes in one transaction. I was feeling nervous about it. But I mean, I felt great about all the new things I bought. I'm like, we got some new looks here. I'm obsessed with everything you got. Me too. God, very extra. Anyways, side Mm -hmm. note, just to say that I get it. I love a good Mm -hmm. makeover moment, but we don't do it for the men in our lives. We do it for ourselves. (laughs) And it shouldn't change the entire outcome of your life. Yeah, that's so you think. <laughs> yeah, it can be used as confidence builders mm-hmm. every now and then, though. That's fine. Oh, yeah. And then there's also like Ty Frazier in Clueless, who she kind of also that's like kind of the mean girl and this where like they make her hot. She becomes popular and then she kind of becomes a mean girl for a second. Yeah. Kind of. She like dethrones Which the other top girl. It's kind of sad because Cher was never really the mean girl. No, she wasn't. She was just top dog that move that part always makes me sad i know it makes me sad too <laughs> i love clueless <laughs> i watched clueless for the first time like a couple months ago really i yeah. love that movie okay so now is the weird girl yes so she's the black sheep usually pictured in black um <laughs> <laughs> it's often used as like a cautionary tale or character um, they have like an unusual appearance, contempt for other people, few or no friends, no romantic partner. Sometimes and like often labeled as like a slut or a lesbian in order for mm. them to like characterize why she's weird. Like and it's why she's more of an outcast. Yes. And it's the idea that like we celebrate individuality until we don't understand it and then mm. it's not allowed anymore. Um, something that's interesting about the weird girl is it can change a lot from time period to time period. So like Joe and Little Women, 
could maybe be the weird girl because she has like the dreams of being a writer and isn't that mm-hmm. interested in marriage. Um, it's basically anyone who's so against the societal standards at the time that people just don't understand or comprehend them at all. Or even like Beauty and the Beast with Belle. Like the whole yes. opening song is about how the town thinks she's kind of weird. Exactly. And it's like, is she weird? No, she's a conven- conventionally beautiful, smart woman. Yes. <laughs> but like, but she's considered weird. weird. <laughs> yeah. So um, one thing that's really cool about the weird girl is it's kind of been reclaimed recently. Yeah. Um, and like some examples are like Wicked the Musical, how they took like this weird character of like the Wicked Witch of the West and turned her into, like, the main character of a musical that helped describe why she did all the things she did. Same with, like, Maleficent, the movie. Um, Oh, yeah. Because the weird girl is often used as, like, a villain in a fantasy setting as well. Because Um, she's, like, the outcast in some way. Exactly. Um, There are, like, some subcategories, just like the blondes. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, of course, there's different facets of weird, right? Absolutely. So you have the goth um, who's obsessed with death, wears all black, super melodramatic. Think of, like, Lydia Dietz in Beetlejuice, Wednesday Addams, um, Abby from NCIS. Um, Uh Kind of the cool part about all of these different characters, though, I kind of love the weird girl. This might be my favorite trope. (laughs) No, I I do, too. (laughs) Because they're all, like so complex in their own fun little way and it just like makes my day like I feel like the weird girl is always like my favorite well and I Um, feel like too at least we have a character that's allowed to be complex you know exactly women are complex and I feel like with a lot of these other stereotypes they're maybe a little bit more single faceted where at Mm -hmm. least like here they're allowed to have almost like reasons for why they are they are or yeah varying interests you know yes no I agree completely and I think it's really fun um, Wednesday Adams, one of the fun things about her that she challenges is that even though the rest of the world views her as weird, her family supports her in her weirdness. Oh, yeah. That's um, nice. So she's able to thrive. Um, Abby from NCIS, if you've seen that, she wanted to portray a goth character who, instead of being like tortured and tormented, was like happy, totally put together, accomplished, and loved by all of her peers. Like that's just what she fun. wanted to look like, her dress mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Um, another one is like the smart ass. So it's usually where they use it as a defensive skill for dealing with people who don't like them being weird. Mm, um, yeah. However, they usually end up connecting with people, whether like in the film or in the audience, um, in ways that they don't intend to. Um, because everyone kind of relates to this character. Like to feeling the like the weird one. Yeah. Yes. There is one who's like really famous. I have never seen this, but it's Daria Morgendoffer from, I think it's the show. Is it Daria? Oh, I... Beavis and Butthead. Oh. And it's been off Daria. Okay. Yeah. So, I actually don't know that, but. I don't either. But she's a really, really famous um, trope of this character or character with this trope. Where in her school, like, one of the popular kids dies, and then everyone starts coming to her to, like, cope with their pain because she understands sadness and pain and, like, mm. is able to detach herself from emotions. Yeah. So a lot of that happens with, like, the smart-ass character where you're able to connect with them in a way that you didn't expect. Um, another example is, like, Janice from Mean Girls where she always has, like, a quirky remark to everything, and that's how she copes with her own weirdness. My favorite is April from Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. 
where she's like totally the weird girl, right? But like she's beloved. She has a stable relationship. She raises a family, has a great career, Like, but she's the weird girl. The other examples are the basket cases. So this is usually the ones who have like some traumatic life experiences. Their lives are chaos and disorder. Um, sometimes they're seen as like dramatic attention seekers. Um, a lot of the times it's performative. They tell a lot of lies. They need mm-hmm. a ton of attention. Um, like Marla Singer from Fight Club or Allison Reynolds from Breakfast Club. Both of them are examples of the basket case. The sad part about the basket case is this one's probably the most sexist of all of the weird girl tropes mm-hmm. because the end is always them to be normalized. The happy ending is for them to be normal. And yeah. that kind of destroys the weird girl in them. So that's sad. Um, then we have my favorite, the space cadets. They exist in their own world, believe in the impossible and ridiculous, literally don't care what anyone thinks, like at all. Like it's not just performative, like they literally do not care. Um, underestimated, but way smarter than anyone thinks. And their out of the box thinking ends up like saving a scenario or the show in one way or another. Luna Lovegood from Harry Potter, Phoebe from Friends, like the space cadets who are just end up being awesome in their own way. Yes. And then lastly, Slee is the sad weird girl. Um, it's oh. the awkward misfits. <laughs> they don't enjoy being weird. Um, they're usually seen as the victim. This is when they have unflattering clothing, glasses, ugly, awkward. And the abuse of being weird usually messes them up rather than making them better. It's the weird girl who's weird but doesn't want to be weird. And that one, just like the basket case, makes me sad. So the other three, though, the space cadets, the smartass, and the goths, those are like my favorite TV tropes. Mm -hmm. They're multifaceted and complex. They usually end up having a fun, like, own ending that has nothing to do with stereotypes. And I just love them. So yeah. I love the I weird like girl. The weird ones too. <laughs> yeah. Just to say the fun part is is that like you may not always relate to like being the bombshell blonde or the cool girl or anything, but everyone at some point in their life feels a little weird. They feel like they're the weird <laughs> so, one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I love that. Okay, so our very last one, we talked about it a little bit, I think last week or a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. which is the manic pixie dream girl. Oh yeah. Which I think especially growing up in the era of like John Green novels um, with Looking for Alaska, <laughs> Paper Towns, Fault in Our Stars. There's a lot of not even just Manic Pixie, Manic Pixie Dream Girls because I think Fault in Our Stars, it was the dream boy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely those just weird characters. But to define it, if you are unfamiliar with the term, they are generally very quirky, playful, different, play by their own rules bubbly free-spirited women that really just exist solely to teach the man in the story to embrace life and be more adventurous um basically she's kind of like the stereotypical male fantasy and by the end of the movie the manic pixie dream girl has transformed the man into seeing life with these brand new eyes breaking him out of his shell however she remains completely unchanged with really no plot line of her own or she dies. That's also pretty yeah. common. <laughs> Dying is really common. Or like disappears. Yeah, or disappears. Apparently she's like very outgoing, never really approached by men. This is the kind of girl where it's like she has weird taste in music, weird taste in books, weird thoughts that are just like, oh, I, I'm trying to think of an Quirky. example. I feel like Paper Towns probably has one where, where she's yeah. like, we're all just paper 
people in paper towns and it's like yes it's like oh how deep and philosophical what does that mean (laughs) yeah no that's totally it or like she likes the bands that no one else listens to or is like that there's so many funny tiktoks of people who like impersonate the manic pixie dream girl i feel like i just thought about this but i feel like the manny manic pixie dream girl is the other side of the cool girl coin yeah. It's the feminine version of the male fantasy, where the other one's the more masculine version of the male yeah. fantasy. Fantasy. I feel like they're literally the same, except one's allowed to be like quirky and weird, and one needs to be like cool and masculine and tomboy. It's almost though I feel like it. It just a, it's like four different kind of guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where like some guys want this, whereas others would want the other. Yep. Like, it's almost like it's catering just to different types that people mm-hmm. might have. But it's, like, the weird thing, too, because it's, like, as a girl, like, reading these characters, like, reading Looking for Alaska, right? I remember just being like, wow, Alaska's so cool. I wish someone would think of me this way. I wish someone mm-hmm. would be so intrigued by me in this way. Well, yeah, because it's like, whoa, he's, like, so interested in her he's fascinated by her like he, like, he worships her, her almost yeah and it's like whoa that must be so cool to feel that way yeah um desired that way yeah yeah but the sad part is is that it's like but he's not actually seeing her for who she is he's mm-hmm. seeing her for how he wants her to be or like this weird pedestal that he's like created in his brain of like oh this is going to be the woman who saves me yeah when it's like you're not seeing them as a person, you're seeing them as a potential means to an end. Exactly. Yeah, he gives her a role in his life without any consideration for the fact that she has her own life to live. And like her own say in what that is as well. And if yep. she's not immediately meeting his needs, he's she's this evil monster too. You yep. know? Um, I think a good example of this is 500 Days of Summer. And I think the first time I watched that movie, I was like, oh, summer's the worst right Mm -hmm. but then once I kind of like realized this term then I watched it again and it was like okay this whole time she's communicating every step of the way like yeah she being like ridiculous in the sense that sometimes we've we've all I feel like we've all done this where it's like we say we don't want a relationship yet we're acting as if we're in a relationship like yeah like that's maybe not the best behavior but at the same time she's very communicative the entire way through as to what this is to her yet you know, he won't let that be true and is almost like creating things in his mind. And and this whole movie, like we don't even see her side of the story at all. It's only yeah. just through his gaze, which I feel like the movie kind of did that on purpose where it's like because I think there's like even a quote from he like I think he like says something that it's like, no, I think he, as the actor, he admitted like, no, the bad guy in the story is Tom. I think that's his name. The character mm-hmm. like he puts so much on this person that's just like no you can't make this other i don't know it just it's a weird way of objectifying a person it is um another really great example from classic film is Aub- audrey hepburn from breakfast at tiffany's oh yeah i love that movie but um she's, she's the epitome like the weird <laughs> quirky girl who yeah. no one can figure out and mm-hmm. the man just wants to fix her and not fix her but like understand yeah, her. her and kind of rein her in <laughs> you know for his yep. himself oh also apparently Belle from beauty and the beast has been called a manic pixie dream girl their ultimate narrative goal is to give to dimension to the central main character she saves him ah it's like a sneaky pixie dream girl yeah 
Oh, it's interesting. There's a ton of them. I feel like it gets really, there's a lot that are hidden too. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like, like I said, like with Paper Towns and Looking for Alaska and then this 500 Days of Summer, it, like it painted it so obviously that you just like couldn't really deny it anymore, you know? Yeah. Are there any other tropes that we should Oh man, discuss? I'll list off a bunch. Yeah, list them off because obviously there's so many. Yes. So the smart girl, think Hermione Granger, or there's more, I'm sure. I just can't immediately no, list but them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The femme fatale, um, the girly girl, the woman child, which I thought was an interesting one. Yeah. Um, the girl next door, uh, literally Taylor Swift's music video. Oh, yes. Along with me. Um, <laughs> the crazy woman, the tough girl, which I think could go hand in hand with the cool girl, but is a mm-hmm. little bit different. Um, like I said, the racist ones of like the spicy Latina, the strong black woman, the model minority, mm-hmm. um, the Karen yeah. is actually a trope. Um, uh, the feminist is becoming a more common trope. Yeah. Um, the sick girl. This one's like very common with all the movies that have been coming out where yeah. she's sick <laughs> and that's her whole defining trait. Um, <laughs> the tomboy, the bad mom. Um, the neurotic type A woman, uh, oh, I think like yeah. Monica Geller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this one, I have no idea. And I want to watch this video from the take so bad. They have a whole one called the women in refrigerators trope. Interesting. Yeah. So we might have to do a part two after I watch some of these other ones. Cause some of these might be really interesting. We might need to talk even, about them. Is that, I'm trying to decide what that even refers to. So I have no idea. Fun. Yeah. Um, the Jewish American princess, uh, like, uh, the main character in Glee. What's her name? Rachel. Oh, um, yeah. Uh-huh. I think also. Um, oh, Rachel from Friends, too. That was like, oh. what's her name? Rachel from Friends, because she's the Jewish American princess. And there's a bunch of those as well. Uh, the funny fat girl. Mm. I also think just the fat girl in general is usually a trope. Yeah. Um, there's a whole trope called the Becky trope, which I don't know that one either. The final girl. Um, which I'm assuming might refer to like horror movies, like the last one standing. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, the teen mom, the girl boss, which I think also kind of has to do with the working woman, but a little bit of a difference on that. The romance addict, the mm-hmm. wicked stepmother, the Disney princess, the female assassin, like the actress, like the struggling actress. Or, oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. yep. and then the angry woman, which is basically the mean girl, just like angrier and, and later in maybe life. older. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, there's tons, and this isn't even all of them. Like, there's tropes everywhere, obviously. Yes, <laughs> um, and like we said, there's relationship tropes too, like um, enemies to lovers, powerful male, and unassuming female, um, powerful female and dominant male, like all the different ones. Yes, so, tropes are abundant. That's for sure. It's like interesting to see like how we've created like caricatures for each other you know yeah we're creating these movies and we're consuming them and like so many movies that you mentioned like I love these movies too Mm -hmm. you know like I grew up with them I absolutely loved them but I think it's also good to like see what they are and like also just be aware of stereotypes that are being perpetuated but like that doesn't mean you can't enjoy them no definitely like same thing like there's a lot of great movies that we listed and I think you can still love them and watch them as long as you're just aware of what's being perpetuated yeah exactly. i also wonder a lot of the times if the reason why we create things like this is just like we have this undeniable need as humans to define ourselves 
Yeah. Like personality tests and zodiacs and enneagrams and Hogwarts houses and everything. Like we're constantly sorting ourselves into things and categorizing ourselves and trying to define who we are as a human to make ourselves easier to explain to other people. Or even to like make us feel like we belong because we are yeah. this type of way and other like people are like we us. We fit a trope. We could relate to someone in a movie because that's who we are. Like mm-hmm. what friends character are you? What new girl character are you? Like we're constantly trying to define who we are and we don't have to. Yeah. No, I like that. And I like I'm guilty of it too. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. I think course. everyone is. Like I love but, a yeah. good personality quiz. They're oh, the totally. Tell me what I am. Tell me what type I am. Let me read everything about it and see how I relate. Yeah, like my Myers-Briggs personality. I'm like, yes, tell me more. I want to know all about being an ENFP. Yeah, I'm the same one. Yep. ENFP. (laughs) A lot of my friends are, oddly enough. Yeah. Funny, isn't it? I'm like, wait, I get you. No, I think that's true. I mean, and like also at the same time, like I think there's something to be acknowledged of like, there is a lot of humor in poking fun at the silly things we do stereotypically, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. And, and, the, and some ways like it can be harmless and it can be fun, you know, like, so like obviously nowadays, if there's like a dumb blonde character, I think everyone watching it knows that it's just f- a funny trope. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. some of these things are harmless, but at the same time, I think it's good just to be aware of them and like recognize like, Hey, we're watching movie. We're watching very emphasized characters that don't really exist this way in the real world. It's just, this is a movie you know like this is for our entertainment and just recognizing it for what it is too definitely yeah i don't think tropes are going anywhere so oh no (laughs) we just need to be a little bit more aware of them let people be complicated you can be the weird girl and the bombshell blonde and the cool girl a little bit and everything else and everything a mixture yeah yes why not And I will say that is one of the things that I really, really love about modern media is I think we're getting closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of fun to see it evolve. And like to see people being portrayed as like just complicated people rather yeah. than one singular identity. Like as I was going through this, I kept thinking of Betty from Riverdale because she is into cars. Like she's a mechanic and she fixes up cars, but she's not the cool girl. And she's blonde, but she doesn't fit a lot of, like, the dumb blonde or the blonde bombshell. She doesn't fit those tropes. Mm -hmm. And she has a ton of ambition, but she's not seen as a working woman. And she's really popular, but she isn't a mean girl. Yeah. And, like, all of these things, like, she fits it really, really well. Um, She's really smart. And her and Veronica have, like, the blonde brunette dichotomy, but it ends really soon, and then they're best friends. So I just think, like, that shows an example of how the comics didn't have that with Betty. Like, they were very stereotypical sexist, Mm -hmm. um, from what I understand. I haven't read them. But that the show, because it's appealing to a new, more modern audience, was able to take these tropes and create a multidimensional character. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Truthfully, I haven't really seen much of Riverdale, so <laughs> now I'm thinking I should watch uh, it. Yeah. I love it. It's super cheesy, so prepare yourself for uh, that, but you end up loving it anyway. I love a good cheesy <laughs> show. It's fine. <laughs> you're like, this is so cheesy, and then you're like, but I'm obsessed. But I <laughs> so. love it. I cannot look away. Yeah. That's so no, amazing. really think it's fun that that's happening in modern media, and I'm excited for more um, tropes like that to happen. Yeah. Where they're I challenged. Well... Hope everyone enjoyed listening to us talk about this. But yeah, thanks for being here. If you have any fave or least fave movie tropes, definitely let us know. 
Yeah. And follow us on the gram. Don't Do know it. why I refer to it as that, but more than amused.podcast. <laughs> also email us yeah. more than amused podcast if you would like to at gmail.com. And leave us a review. I would really love some reviews. I know Sadie would too. So we're just going to keep asking you until you do it. If you've enjoyed it, if you listened to more than two episodes, go leave a review. That is everything. We will see you all back next week with a new fun episode. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.